0: Next, this month's special series, Focus on Heart Health. Throughout the month of February, ReachMD talks with experts about new medications, technologies, and treatment guidelines in cardiac care.
1: During cardiac arrest, if you want to save the brain, you have to lower its temperature by 4 to 5 degrees Celsius within 10 minutes of the event. Scientists at Argonne National Laboratory, in conjunction with the University of Chicago, have successfully developed ice slurry that can be pumped into the body to protect specific organs during a health emergency. Welcome to a special program focusing on the future of medicine. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host. Joining me today is Dr. Ken Keza, a senior engineer within the Development and Applications Department at Argonne National Laboratory to discuss the developing technology of medical ice slurry and its life-saving applications. Dr. Keza, welcome to the show.
0: Good afternoon.
1: Before we talk about the development of this ice slurry, can you tell me a little background about just tissue protective cooling mechanisms?
0: In the area of what we call cell protective hypothermia, the the idea is that cells, if they're not furnished with adequate oxygen or, for example, in cardiac arrest, no oxygen because there's no blood flow, the oxygen is required basically for metabolism and for the cell health. and It basically is a, an ingredient for all the normal life cycles and, and, and things that are happening within the cell itself. All of those processes that are happening within the cell are basically controlled chemical processes. They're strongly dependent upon the temperature at which the processes take place. Say we protectively cool something, what we're doing is lowering the temperature of the tissue, which is comprised of the cells. The cell's need for oxygen, due to the very highly reduced chemical reaction rates, goes down dramatically. And so in effect, the cells are happy with much lower oxygen levels and you slow down the death process associated with low or no oxygen.
1: So who was interested in this? I know this has been going on for at least 20 years ago. Where is your funding from?
0: In my area, the area I've been working, I got involved about nine years ago. The initial money for protective cooling was not For protective cooling of humans, it was basically for industrial cooling applications, cooling of large buildings, and that was funded by the Department of Energy. About nine years ago, Argonne National Laboratory and the University of Chicago Medical School wanted to increase their collaboration in various areas, medical areas. We had some brainstorming sessions, and when the doctors heard about our ice slurry that could be pumped fairly easily in industrial systems, we then discussed how we might use it in medical applications. The initial doctors we worked with were emergency room physicians and researchers, and one of their fundamental problems was cardiac arrest patients, especially out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, where they've had a heart attack. And in the U.S., the survival rate for out-of-hospital cardiac arrest is 5%, nominally of that level. And typically, what the emergency room physicians, their problem is that a patient out of hospital, he's first seen by paramedics, they try defibbing maybe three, four, five times, and quite frequently they can't restart the heart. So you're either pronounced dead in the field or you're taken back to an emergency room and... Occasionally, in the emergency room, they will restart the heart, but there's been no blood flow to the brain for 10, 15, 25, 30 minutes, depending on the journey. And even with chest compressions, the brain has started to die. So in the hospital, they restart the heart and your brain dead. So the general survival rate is 5% of anybody out of hospital with cardiac arrest. So protective cooling... People had talked about it, but no one at that time understood how to do it rapidly and quickly. They might try packing the cardiac person in ice, but that's an extremely slow process, and we need to cool down in 5 to 10 minutes. And so we got involved with making a slurry and a way to deliver it, in this case, to the lungs. That was our first example.
1: So what's in the slurry? Is it ice, water, antifreeze?
0: (laughs) The Slurry, as it now stands, is three basic types. The more common one that we've been using mostly in a lot of our animal studies to date is a saline-based ice slurry. In its simplest form, it's ice that has been chopped up into extremely small particles, less than a tenth of a millimeter in size. It's combined in the production process with sterile water and a certain amount of salt And the salt is added. Again, I don't know what kind of technical detail, but the salt like you put on the sidewalk to remove ice from your sidewalk lowers the freezing point somewhat of the ice. The small ice particles, they need to be very smooth in order to flow like water in this very dense slurry. So the salt in the water, when mixed with the ice, melts off the microscale surface roughnesses. And that, plus some other conditioning, allows us basically to pump it through very small delivery devices deep into the body. We have two more types of slurries. We've been able to make a slurry composed of ice particles made with a commercially available blood substitute. So we're expanding the medical benefits of slurry. A saline slurry, the main benefit is protective cooling. But now when the carrier liquid is, for example, a blood substitute, we have the attributes of a blood substitute added into the slurry cooling effect, things like oxygen transport, cell nourishment. So that's a second type of slurry. A third type of slurry we make is a ice particles formed in a fluorocarbon chemical. Fluorocarbon is being explored as a medical conveyance of oxygen for basically putting into the lungs and so we've made slurries with that and in that case there we have ice plus perfluorocarbon plus oxygen that's in the perfluorocarbon liquid and the lungs are actually capable of drawing the oxygen out of this liquid and so there's basically three types of slurries.
1: So it sounds like you can give it endotracheally, you can give it through an IV, are there other ways of getting it into the body?
0: We have been involved with animal studies to date in several different areas and it's being expanded. So originally it was out of hospital protective cooling for cardiac arrest or even stroke, severe stroke problems out of the hospital. Then we went into laparoscopic surgery and kidney cooling for example. Where in minimally invasive laparoscopic surgery, for example, on the kidney, there's a clamp-off point in time before doing surgical manipulation and cutting, for example, to remove a cancerous growth. That clamping-off process of that kidney basically allows no oxygen-carrying blood through the organ. So if they don't cool those organs under that scenario, they have 30 minutes of actual operating time. That's not very much for a complex surgery. So what we've been doing and demonstrated in large animals is we can make, for example, our saline slurry, and we deliver it through a laparoscopic port. It's one of maybe up to three to four additional ports for endoscopic viewing and other manipulations. So the surgeon clamps off, immediately delivers slurry at a couple hundred ml per minute. He coats the whole bottom, sides, and top of the kidney. Within five minutes, the kidneys cool down. And they like to cool quite deeply, down below 15 degrees centigrade, normal being 37. And within five minutes, the organ is protectively cooled, and we've established through survival animal experiments protection out to two hours so far.
1: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to a special program focusing on the future of medicine. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host, and I'm talking with Dr. Kenneth Kaza, Senior Engineer within the Development and Applications Department at Argonne National Labs. And we're talking about a developing technology using a medical ice slurry and how it can save lives. Has anything been done in humans or has it all been done on animals so far?
0: The results to date have only been done on large animals you might ask, where are we at? So we've gone from laparoscopic surgery. We're now working with cardiac and cardiovascular surgeons for protective cooling. That particular application is our strongest challenge because the cardiac surgeon, for example, if he's pushing a catheter up from the femoral vein down in the leg, they have catheters that are up to 100 centimeters in length, and they can be frequently of internal diameter less than one millimeter. So we are working with cardiac surgeons right now to establish the ability to deliver slurry to protect the heart muscle, for example, from reperfusion damage when doing maybe a a balloon catheterization to open up a blocked blood vessel, an artery. We've established the ability to deliver a saline solution-based slurry into those catheters a very small size and deliver it at a rate which we think is adequate to cool either a subsector of the heart muscle or the whole heart muscle itself.
1: And when I was in med school and I watched open heart surgery, they poured some sort of ice on the heart. What's the difference?
0: In open chest surgery, I've seen videos, especially from Russia, three to five years ago where they had the whole chest opened up, the heart, everything's beating there, and they would reach with sterile gloves into a bucket of chunk ice, crushed ice, and they would just pack the general area with that ice to cool it down to induce protective hypothermia. So that same procedure is currently used in the open cavity laparoscopic kidney surgery, right? Conventional surgery, where there's a big opening there, and that's how they cool it down. But as I mentioned, we're in laparoscopic surgery. Now we have these very small ports. You can no longer reach into an ice bucket and pack it around the organ So for example, in heart surgeries, the trend is towards minimally invasive and in many cases even laparoscopic surgery under robotic conditions. In those conditions, there's no longer the big openings and so the surgeon can no longer reach into an ice bucket, grab a handful. So we're addressing that surgical area of application.
1: It's a smart slurry and you can pretty much deliver it anywhere you want it to go. Yes.
0: And the ability, again, when you get into laparoscopic minimally invasive and even in catheterization, the bore size of the catheters is millimeter and less. And so it has to be a special slurry in order to be able to deliver it at the high loading rates that we're capable and we've recently established. Eventually, we'll go beyond the saline solutions. As I mentioned, the saline-based slurries, we'll get into the ice in which the carrier liquid is a blood substitute, for example, or maybe even the blood. In the longer range, in, in cardiac surgery, for example, much of the big surgeries are done on bypass devices, and quite frequently there will be a bypass heat exchanger cooler in the line, and that's how they cool the patient in cardiac major surgery. But that application from the heart bypass machine is coming under scrutiny because of what what they call bypass brain, which there is some damage to cells just by circulating through the external loop. And so we're thinking that there may be a subset of these major cardiac operations that might be done off bypass, especially in the area where they want to cool. We can get the slurry in there basically and target just the organ itself rather than when you go on bypass, you cool the whole body. And there's secondary complications from that beyond bypass brain. The whole body cools down. You can get shivering, right, a protective mechanism. You can get arrhythmias because the whole body's cooling. You cool down the intestines also, and you can get massive infection flare-ups in the intestinal tract. So we're thinking that targeted cooling may have a lot of benefits by focusing just on the organ of interest, maybe on a secondary organ that needs protection also rather than having to cool the whole mass down of the human being.
1: It's an exciting field and technology, and I look forward to what's to come, and I'd like to thank Dr. Ken Kaza for talking with us today.
0: Thank you very much for inviting me, and I
1: appreciate the interest in our work. Dr. Ken Kaza is a senior engineer within the Development and Applications Department at Argonne National Laboratory, and he was here talking about a developing technology of medical ice slurry and its life-saving applications. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to a special segment on Focus on the Future of Medicine. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening. You've been listening
0: to this month's special series, Focus on Heart Health. For a program guide,
1: complete list of shows, and podcasts, please visit us at reachmd.com.